Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Happy hey. Oh my gosh. Um, we made wow. it. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> um, you're talking to a person, me, Rebecca Cochran, who does not like New Year's. I don't like the pressure of self-improvement. Um, but this year, I'm excited. <laughs> well, and we're not going to do self-improvement. No new, no new year, new you. We're not going to talk about any of that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so we thought today we would reflect a little bit over 2020 and some things we learned that we think are relevant to y'all as well. And also, um, we are going to talk about some big changes coming to the podcast kind of toward the end. So stick yep. around. Um, Rebecca. Yes. What have you learned this year? Oh, so much. And I think most of what I've learned has been a collective learning. Like we probably are all are all learning, um, kind of the same things, I think, collectively. But I think for me specifically, um, this is not new information to me. My whole life, anybody that's known me for a really long time, so if my mom's listening to this or somebody that's been friends with me for a long time, (laughs) um, knows that I'm not real great with um, change. And I'm not real good with... um, like I, I really like to make plans and I really like to make goals. I know that's real surprising to everybody. And I don't like when those plans or goals are messed up. <laughs> I take it very personally, which is weird because usually I get the most upset about things that are outside of my control. Um, so let's take, for instance, I have a plan to do something and the weather is bad. I get really bothered by that. Um, and you, there's nothing you can do about the weather. What? Do you think that like God has messed the weather up? I don't know. Maybe some in some deep down that, re- recess. Like, or would you say you get mad? Who I, are you mad I take at? it personally. I know. I don't know. Like I get mad at the, at the weather. I don't know. So um, I don't pivot well. Like that's not one of my strengths. Um, I'm not a good pivoter. Um, I'm not good at um, modifications to ideas. Um, and so 2020 has kind of messed with all of that with me. Um, and I think one of the things I've learned is I, I think the reason why it bo- pivoting bothers me so much, it's not, it, it, it is because I'm a planner and I don't like my plans to be changed and et cetera, et cetera. I don't think a lot of people like to have their plans changed um, or their expectations not to be met. Like I think that's common human emotion, but I think for me, what it means for me when I have to pivot, it means that my original plan wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me. Um, and so like if I have to pivot or if I have to modify something or change, that means I didn't make a good plan in the first place. But you know, I don't like that very much. I don't like to admit that I've failed or that something's not a success or whatever. And so I think what I've learned this year is when things are happen that are outside of my control that mess up my plans or cause me to pivot or to modify or whatever, like that's not a reflection on me. Mm-hmm. Like that's not my issue. That's just life. And yeah. I, I, God has really taught me how to like accept those things um, for what they are and to see the beauty in pivoting and change. And uh, <laughs> what are you doing, Rebecca? <laughs> 
I just noticed my eyebrow is too pointy. Uh, sorry, guys, you can't. Yeah, this isn't on video, so you can't see over the recording. But I'm sitting here talking, and Rebecca's like looking at herself, like she's looking in a mirror in the video camera. And I was very confused. <laughs> my eyebrow is too sharp. It looked like I was mad. So I just this is what happens when you pluck your eyebrows in the nineties. I yeah, all fake. I'm sorry. So, anyways, <laughs> I, I am listening. <laughs> so I, I think that what, what God's really um, showed me or, or taught me this year that I'm still learning and still have a lot to learn is that um, it's okay to pivot and it's okay to make changes. And that's not a reflection on me or my ability to plan or whatever else. It just means that, you know, that's life and life is about, and I think part of this comes with maturity as well, but life is about, you know, rolling with it. And the more I can get used to rolling with it and pivoting and, um, and that doesn't mean we don't grieve things when they don't go as we expect them to or whatever, but like we do have to move on eventually and see that it's, that there's still good that comes out of it. So I think that's the biggest thing I've learned this year. Yeah. What about you? I mean, similar, like I'm pretty controlling, um, And so this has been, you know, a whole thing. But I guess when I think about the whole year, what sticks out to me the most is this is a much better pace for me. Like, I feel, it kind of feels like it's been two extremes. Like, I feel like I was too busy before um, for me. And I've talked about this before, how like everybody has different um, like frequencies at which we operate and I'm just like a slower person. It takes me longer. I'm a little bit like head in the clouds. And so the pace I was going at was really difficult for me. Um, I just couldn't make it happen. And I was like so hard on myself. And I just mean like normal life. Like I wasn't doing anything crazy. It was just like, I never gave myself enough time. Like I don't transition well. Like I do well if I have like enough time in the morning and like in the afternoon and I'm not like rushing and like eating in my car. And like, that's what it had become. I was just like, a million miles an hour and, um, you know, kind of being hard on myself that I couldn't keep it up, but that's just not how I'm wired. But, you know, it's hard when everybody around you is that way and is super like able to get stuff done and like, you know, with it. So I went from that to this very like extreme opposite of like, no one's going anywhere. I'm not even driving my kids to school. Like my groceries are delivered. Like it went from like one extreme to the other And so my hope is that after, well, I learned two things. I learned that, um, the way I felt is valid. I learned that like, it's okay that I'm that way. Like, I don't have to be this like super productive, like person. I can just, you know, be myself basically in the the way I'm wired and my speed with which I engage life is fine. And I also learned like that I do miss some of that. Right. So it's like, I don't want to be in the extreme we're in now where we're pretty much home and like not. I mean, it's different a little bit, but like, yeah, I don't want to be like this, but my hope is like going forward that I will remember how it felt. Cause like, okay. It kind of reminded me when I was little and the girls were like under two, you know, those crazy years. I remember being like, Hey God, could I get the flu? Like I prayed to be sick because I just needed a break. Like, and it was like, everything was so frantic and I couldn't stop any of it that I literally was like, can I be really sick? Like, not like dying sick, but can I be like sick to be in my bed for a week and not to do anything for anybody? And like, this kind of reminded me of that, except I didn't know that I wanted it. 
like, and I'm not, no, I didn't want COVID. I'm not saying that, but like, just this, like, you can't go anywhere. It was kind of like, oh, I can't go anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Well. You were given permission. Yeah. <laughs> That's, and so I'm kind of almost like, I definitely want things to go back to normal, but I guess I'm a little nervous, like, because it's been just such a relief for me as a person who operates out of shame so much where like, if anything's different about me than the people around me, I have like a shame spiral and I'm like, why can't I keep up? It's been really nice to like have everybody else do that too. And to have me be like, there's nothing else I'm supposed to be doing right now. It's just been like such a relief. So I'm hoping I can take some of that with me. And, um, the other thing I learned that I think was really cool was just that I, I guess it was also validating in how similar we all are because I think in our lives, like we normally go through grief individually or like maybe as a family, you know, but like, I don't know a time that me and like everybody else I know have ever been through a hard time together. So all the hard times I've had have been really isolating because it's like either like struggles with parenting or like, you know, all the struggles we go through, but this, it was like, and just seeing everybody talk openly about like, all the things they were experiencing, I was like, oh, like, yeah, okay. Because I always think I'm a weirdo, but I'm not. Like everyone else was experiencing it too. It's just that normally we go through hard stuff on our own. Like whether you've gotten like a divorce or someone dies or like whatever, it's like, so it's been really a cool experience to be in collective grief and just to feel the unity in that has been like super cool. And it's just reminded me how similar we all are. Yeah, that's good. I think a couple other things that I've learned as you were talking, it made me think, um, so by nature, um, I think I'm an extrovert. Actually, I know I'm an extrovert by nature in that, in the way that being with people doesn't drain me, like being around people and, and the energy of like busyness doesn't drain me. But what, another thing I've learned is I think I leaned into my extrovertedness, um, a lot because I didn't want to be alone with my own thoughts. <laughs> Like it's easier to be busy and sorry, that's my, that was my phone ring. Um, I, I felt like it was easier to be um, busy and be around people all the time because then I wouldn't have to be with myself because I didn't really want to be with myself. Yes, um, do that too. What? <laughs> introverts do that too. <laughs> um, and so what I've learned is I actually really like um, being alone. Um, and I like, um, not having a lot to do. Um, but I thought that I needed to do all of that stuff, um, to, so that I wouldn't have to, and don't get me wrong at the beginning, all the time with myself was very painful. Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to, you know, I don't really want to be my friend with myself. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, hey, I'd rather just ignore, um, my own thoughts and emotions. And so, um, I think I use relationships and busyness to um, avoid that. And I've realized that I actually really like to be by myself. So that was a new revelation for me, um, almost to the point now that I'm like, do I ever want to do anything social again? <laughs> Which, How have you reconciled that with like you're an introvert or an extrovert, so you get your energy from being with other people. Like how have you... Like, do you know what I'm saying? Is it your family? Yeah, no, I understand. you enough? No. Uh, well, probably, probably that I, I'm not truly by myself. Um, 
as, you know, part of it as my family's here too. I think that I still, you know, I still have neighbors and people that I can see if I want to, but it's not forced. Um, and uh, so I, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I get to decide um, when I need it and when I don't need it. And before I would have thought I always needed it. And mm-hmm. now I don't, I don't always need it. And so that's and kind of linked to that is I've learned a lot about the relationships in my life. Um, so I would say as a result of COVID, my friend group has narrowed greatly um, and not out of like, I'm going to pick you and not going to pick you and not, but more of like when, when we're, when we're in times of isolation or when we're in times of grieving or change, like things have to change in your life because of said external ex- circumstances. Um, things, the friends that you had that were as a result of certain circumstances versus the friends that you have because like they're truly your friends. Like when things are busy and things are normal in quotation marks, like it's hard to know the difference in those relationships, right? But when something like this happens, whether it's this or a death in your family or you go through a really hard time or divorce or whatever, I think whatever, you know, kind of grief or change in your life or modification that you're going through, um, your relationships kind of suss out. And, um, there, that's, that was hard. It was like probably the hardest part of COVID to me was realizing, um, which bucket friends fell into, (laughs) um, that I, maybe I thought they should have been in a different bucket. Um, and they ended up not being in the bucket I thought they should be in. So there's grieving there. Right. But also it's refreshing when you really realize, um, who your true friends are. And that doesn't mean those other, those other um, friends that are of a result of certain circumstances aren't important and don't have relevance or um, aren't good acquaintances or whatever. It's just realizing that like, um, you know, your, your group, the group that's really your people is very narrow. Um, and I think I was expecting it to be much bigger than it was. Um and and it's also surprising to find out who who really is your people and who isn't. Um, so, anyways, I feel like that's another thing I've learned is um, is the ability to like really recognize um, relationships. Um, and because I think I thought before that I had like this really big bucket that were all like my real friends. <laughs> you know, you're like close to your people. You know, I'm not talking about you know, just like business acquaintances or whatever. But like, I thought that my bucket was really big or it needed to be really big. And it actually doesn't really need to be that big. Um, and I'm, that's okay. Like, it's okay to not have, you know, 20 people that are your people. It's okay well, that it's only one. kind of physically impossible. Like, yeah. I mean, you can't have like an authentic, real. Yes. With that many people. Like it just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, only one person. Yeah. And, um, and just the realization that like, that friendships change and that's okay. Um, was, you know, and I knew that like, everybody knows that, like, that's not, I'm not, I'm not giving, I'm not espousing any new wisdom or anything. Friendships change and they evolve and there's grieving. That's a part of that, but it also, um, opens up doors for new relationships and so I think that kind of leads us into the next part of the conversation I wanted to talk about of like for next year. And um, I've been really like thinking about it the past week or two. 
I don't usually do resolutions. I'm like very, and I think we've talked about this every time we've done the New Year's episode. I'm not really into resolutions because made resolutions just, I mean, historically are broken. Um, and then, and then I'm not a big like goal setter kind of person. <laughs> I mean, I do have, I mean, I'm an ambitious person. I like to succeed, but I don't sit down and like, I don't do like a goal, a goal chart and all of that kind of stuff. Like I just have them and they're there, but I don't like verbalize them. Um, maybe I should. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it's more of, I, I usually just like to reflect on the past year and then reflect on what I want the next year to look like. This year looks a little bit different because I think we've all learned that we have to hold all of our plans loosely, right? So uh, we can say whatever we want to say about next year, but who knows what's going to happen. Because, um, you know, it's not just going to be a magic, you know, wand that happens at 12 midnight on December 3rd, or on January 1. Like, it's things aren't going to go away. It's going to, we're going to still wake up and it's going to be the same. But, um, so we have to hold all of our plans for next year loosely, I think, because we have no idea what's going to happen. But I think that I do want to take what happened in 2020 and learn from it and use it next year. So I think that's kind of what I've been kind of processing. Like, what what have I learned this year that I want to take with me into the ne- into next year? Um, and so I've been praying about it the past couple of days. And today when I was praying, I the word release just kept coming to me. Um, and I was trying to figure out what that meant. Besides releasing things that were holding on to tightly, like just like plans and and goals and thoughts about what next year should be. Like we have to hold all of that loosely. We need to have hands open going into 2021, I think. But I think for me personally, um, I have finally um, come to the point with some really long held Long standing, we're talking like 20, 25 years long standing dreams and ambitions that I think it's time, it's finally time for me to open my hands and let go of. Um, and, and I'm not saying that, like, you know, you shouldn't pursue your dreams or whatever, <laughs> whatever touchy feely woo woo stuff you want to say. Like, I think dreams are important. I think goals are important. And I think that God gives us dreams and, and, and puts them in our heart for us to, to um, pursue. And I'm, I'm not against that, but I think you also at some point have to let go of things that you're holding on to really tightly, especially when you just like keep hitting dead ends. Like at some point you got to like release those things because I think if you don't release them, then you can't move on to the next thing. Um, or you can't see the next thing that might be staring you in the face. <laughs> so I think for me, I just have, I have lots of dreams that I've held onto really tightly and I haven't released them because release means failure. Um, mm. Or at least, it, it, at least to me, it feels like I'm giving up and I do not like to give up. I am, I am a very competitive person and I do not give up. Um, and like, I don't, I don't want to be that person, but God just really showed me today that it, it's okay to like open up my hands and release those things and releasing those things and those dreams not coming to fruition doesn't mean failure. Um, and that if I would let go of those things, then maybe something, I would be able to have eyes to see something new. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what those new things are. (laughs) I know what dreams I need to let go of, but I don't know what the new things are, which is really scary. Right. Like you have fresh eyes to see something that's already there. Exactly. Exactly. So either things, either it's fresh eyes to see what's there right in front of me and I can't see it right now or, um, or something 
new is coming. And if I don't let go, wouldn't let go of those things tightly, then I can't see that new thing that might be coming. I don't know what either of those things are. So I have, I, you know, I don't have anything like revelatory to share, but, um, I do know what needs to be released. Um, and I think I've known it for a long time. So I, I, I was thinking about it today when I was driving around doing errands, you know, so both David and I, so David lost his father and I lost my stepfather in the, um, within a few months of each other. And David's dad's was expected. And my stepdad's was very not expected. Um, it was very traumatic and, and quick and um, happened unexpectedly. Um, and David's dad was sick for years. Um, and when he first got sick, we thought he was dead. So the, uh, the grieving took place then. Um, so when he actually died, of course, there was still grief. Um, but it looks different than the grief that happens when it, you weren't prepared, right? And so I was thinking that's kind of the way I feel right now. Um, like I kind of, there is a grief about releasing um, these said dreams, but I think I've known for a while now that those things were needed to be released. So I've been grieving it and didn't really know it. <laughs> and so now when I, today when I was like, you know, I, I, I think those things need to be released. It was surprisingly um, anticlimactic. <laughs> Um, like, cause I think I, I already knew, but just like, wasn't willing to like, um, admit it. Um, and so anyways, that's, that was very long and drawn out and much cheaper than I normally want to be. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where I am going into next year, I think. So. I like that. Um, I don't, I always do like what most people do on New Year's on my birthday. Cause it just kind of feels like it makes more sense to me. Like, my birthday's in March. It's springtime. It just kind of like feels like more of a reason. Because you have to be different. No, <laughs> I'm not intentionally trying to be different. Um, <laughs> I do realize how it sounds, but it just, it just makes more sense to me to do it on my birthday. No, I get it. I get it. I will say um, something I've been working on and I don't see stopping working on next year is just uh, receiving. Like I feel... I do this thing when I'm stressed and I think this is like an Enneagram could be an example of this, but like I lean on the unhealthy part of it too. And I start saving everybody around me. So like before when the pandemic started, I was the one like baking like a gajillion cookies and bread and like taking my neighbors and checking on everybody all the time. And like, just really like caretaking when no one asked me to. Um, and something I've learned is that I don't receive help well, like at all. Like I am very stubborn. I really want to do everything myself. And it, it, I guess part of it is pride. Um, but it's not, it's not really like, it's not, um, it's not like I have to do it myself. It's more like, I don't trust people to help me really. Like, I feel like, I don't know. It's weird. Um, it's not weird actually. I think a lot of people are this way, but it's been such a relief when I've let people help me, um, and accepted it mm -hmm. and just let it happen and haven't been weird about it or, you know, done that whole like Southern rigmarole where it's like, Oh no. Oh yes. Oh no. Like, you know, just being like, sure. You can bring me dinner or like, sure. You can do this for me and watch my kid or whatever. Um, and aside from just like day to day stuff, there's also this inability I have to receive anything from God like, because I'm trying so hard to give him stuff, mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying so hard to like, 
you know, even when I read my Bible, it's because I think I'm supposed to. And it's like this, like, oh, I have to go do this for God. And it's like, God doesn't yeah. read my Bible. Like, that's for me. Like, he doesn't need me to do that or do any of this, you know? So I think I've just had this, like, it's almost like everything's fallen away and I'm deciding what needs to be there kind of, you know, like, yeah. what do I need to receive and what, what can just be gone? Um, yeah. So that's good. And I feel, um, I feel really at peace too. Like I, I was really upset at the beginning of this year because this was the year I was supposed to go back to work. Like I'm talking school year. Um, cause Maggie and Penny were going into kindergarten and, you know, obviously that didn't happen. I've been homeschooling, I, not homeschooling. It's different. I've been virtual learning. Someone will correct me. Um, but I mean, talk about like the opposite thing I thought was going to happen, right? Like yeah. I mean, whiplash, but I've learned like I can be, dare I say, happy when things don't go my way. And yeah. I've learned like, and I don't, God is making good out of a crappy circumstance. I don't for a second think that he conjured COVID-19 to like fix me or anything before yeah. I, started, I want to say that, but he has used it to be like, you can be happy with very little or content. I should say like, you can be, you can be here in a poop situation that you hate. And it's like a uh, man's search for meaning, Victor Frankl. It's like at the end of the day, like you choose your attitude. So if you want to like wake up every day and be in a crappy mood about teaching your kids, which I did for months, you know, yeah. you do that. Or you can be like, well, this is what it is. And I, this year still counts. And like when people say things like 2020, like whatever, like the lost year, like the year, like, it's like, this year still counted. Like it's still like, you know, it's like, it, it wasn't lost just because we couldn't like, I don't know, go to Super Rica. Like it, it wasn't lost. And so it's like, I don't know. I'm just, I think that there's something really missing in our modern culture where we're so disconnected from like life without technology and so like, what am I trying to like entertainment? Okay. Sorry. This is a little bit of a tangent, but like entertainment used to be like once a week, right? Because people mm-hmm. worked hard and they would have, and now it's like our whole lives are revolved around entertaining ourselves. Yeah. Really start to think about it. Like, why do you get on, social media when you're bored. You don't want to be bored. Why don't you want to be bored? You want it like you don't want something to like, you know, give you a little like dopamine hit. And like I think though this has brought out a lot of technology use in me. It's also made me see like how much of the stuff I was doing to chase feelings or to chase like a feeling of like, oh everyone went to this new restaurant and I went there too. Or like, oh I'm I'm part of the like whatever because everyone's doing this or buying this or wearing this. And it's like no one's seen me. <laughs> so it's really it's brought away a lot of those uh those things I was reaching for, like status or like whatever you want to call it. And it's made me really hungry for like a simple existence, like just something that isn't so, I don't even know the word, but like just simple and not, not predicate, like it's success isn't predicated on like who thinks I'm doing a good job or a bad job or who likes me or doesn't like me. But it's just like, what is my, you know, like my life is mine. Like it's not for anybody else. I don't know. How did I get here from what you first said? I don't know, but no, I thought that was good. No, I think that's good. I think, I think, I think we're, are a lot of us. And I don't know. I don't want to say all want to use absolutes, but I think that, um, a lot of us are, 
have seen everything get stripped away and we're trying to decide what when when things get back to normal whatever that looks like whenever that happens like what are we have we have the control of what we bring back in you know and and um i like how are we going to handle that responsibility um as thinking you you made me when you were talking about social media you know everybody and who listens to the podcast knows I gave gave up Facebook a few months ago. And I literally like I thought because I love social media and I use it for entertainment. And I had an issue with social media and too much of it. That's why I give it up for Lent every year. And um and I I thought that giving up Facebook was going to be so hard for me. I have not once clicked on my phone and looked for the Facebook app. And not once. Like I literally didn't realize, and this is not the same for everybody. Everybody has their own things they need to release. So um, I, there's back to my word. <laughs> I, I didn't even mean that. Um, but um, I, for me, like, I think that is, for my mental health, I don't think I have done anything better for myself in a very long time than that. Like, in a very long time. And that's not the same for everybody. Somebody might have something else, whatever it is. But for my mental health, I, um, and I have zero desire to get it back. Like zero. Like I deactivated my account because I was scared to delete it, but I think I'm going to delete it. Like I just, I am so like, it has been the biggest like release for me, um, in a very long time. Um, I haven't quite got there with Instagram yet, but <laughs> I feel like I need to have some connection with the world, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to be able to go back to not having, any having anything, anything, now. you know? Yeah. I mean, right now all I have is Instagram. I don't have Facebook or anything else. Um, I don't have any other social. The only social media I have is Instagram. Um, and I felt like I need to have one lifeline to the world. Um, only because I don't have any family who lives here and, um, and because the school uses both platforms. And so at least I should have one of them. And the face, Facebook was the one I needed. No, I'm just saying, I just saying, because part of me wants to get rid of all of it. Um, but I, I recognize that there is some usefulness and with the podcast, we can't get rid of all social media. It's just, it's not prudent. So, um, we have to have something, you know? And so, so, um, I, I chose the lesser of all the evils, but, um, but all that to say, I really thought, I, I mean, I honestly thought I, it was going to be this like, um, and, and typically whenever I've tried to give up anything else that has had a hold on me, um, which is common for most addictions. Um, and I would say I had an addiction to social media. Like, um, normally there's a weaning period and there's a period of, um, what's the word withdrawal? Um, I had zero, <laughs> zero withdrawals. I still have none. And so, but you know, that's caused its own set of like, um, isolation, you know, like I constantly like, Oh, did you see on Facebook? Like people are like, Oh, did you see on Facebook? Oh, I forgot you don't have Facebook. I mean, it happens to me multiple times a week. Like, did you see that on Facebook or blah, 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 blah. And, um, typically my personality is such that I have major FOMO and I like to have all the information. And it's just been so freeing to know that I can still carry on a meaningful existence without having all the information. <laughs> and, and I kind of like the oblivious the oblivion like I don't know what's going on and I'm kind of okay with it so I, I don't think it's I don't think we can physically take in the amount of information we get you know yeah we're looking at news or yeah you know, 
Well, and I think I was using it as my news source and it is not a trusted news source. And so I've like, I realized I can still get the news and know what's going on in the world uh, without having all of the, all of that noise. Like I can, you know, check the headlines without being on Facebook. And yes, I was talking to a neighbor yesterday and she was telling me that something that was going down locally, school board wise. And I and everybody else in the conversation knew knew what was going on because they saw it on Facebook and I did it. And that's okay. Like I, you know, I'm I, I feel a little better for it. <laughs> um but um you know the news I need to know will come to me at some point. Um but yeah, it's just been super freeing and releasing. And um, I didn't think it would be as easy as it has been, um, which just shows me that it was something I really needed, obviously. Um, but it's been so easy. Um, not saying that there aren't things you should give up that would, that that's hard and you shouldn't push through. I mean, we all have things that are probably hard to give up that we need to push through too. But I definitely can see that the giving of, up of that has been so easy for me and I didn't think it would be. So I'm pretty happy about that. Great. So, yeah, I I hate social media. <laughs> I just feel like it doesn't do anything good for me. But yeah, I get rid of it. I I don't I don't I mean outside of having like some kind of lines of what's going on at the school because I can't be in the school right now and so the only time I see what my kids are doing is because I'm on Instagram um, or occasionally I'll get an email from the teacher. But like outside of that, I it is hard to find the pros. Yeah, for sure. So, and they're definitely there, but I just find out for me who really struggles with comparing myself to everybody and feeling like I'm not enough. It's really, it's been nice. I've tried to make a point this, uh, and we're not quarantined. I don't know what you want to call it. This period of time to not do things like for the sake of the internet, because I do that. I remember it went around Christmas, like everyone had like matching pajamas and I was like, and I'm not talking about you because I know your family did that. Um, but it was like a lot of people. And I think it's super cute. It's just not something I do. But I started, well, should I do that? Like, you know, and it was just this whole, and like, I had great Christmas experiences, but then I started without like, matching pajamas. <laughs> and like, it's just not like, there were plenty of extra things I did that were unnecessary, but that made me happy and made my family happy. But like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's tricky, but I tried to not do things. Like if I caught myself being like, Oh, I'm going to do this so I can post, or I'm going to take this picture so I can post it. I didn't do it. And, um, I posted stuff. It's been really helpful, but I think I've had the, I have felt the power to do that because I'm a little bit more isolated and I'm a little less like keeping up with the Joneses in the Mm -hmm. current state. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when things get like, I don't know. I don't think they're going to go back to how they were, but when things are, I yeah. Um, I think that is another thing I've learned, and I um, at the Christmas Eve service, our um, pastor, Pastor Chris, also um, talked about this too because he was talking about you know Jesus being born in an unknown place to an unknown family, and you know going through all of that and. Um, and I think for a long time, and I think I've talked about this before, but a long time for me, I thought that if something wasn't big and seen, it wasn't meaningful. Um, and I would never have admitted to that. If I if it had a multiple choice question, I would not have said <laughs> that. But, you know, d- deep down, I, I really believe that unless something was seen and big, then it was meaningful, then it wasn't meaningful. Um, and I'm learning that, like, even if, 
you know, the more you strip away your social media and the more you narrow your friend group and the more you kind of whittle some of that stuff away, um, or it's forced to forced away because of a pandemic, <laughs> like you start to realize that like, there's still meaning in the minutiae, um, and in the, like, in the, some, in simple stuff and not, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm active on social media, so I'm not trying to, to sound pious because I still post things all the time. But I think that um, I've realized that just because people don't hear what I have to say or don't see me doesn't mean I'm not important and that I don't have meaning. You know, like, I think we're all stuck in this trap that if it doesn't get seen, then it's not important. And... Um, and I'm still there. Like I'm still struggling with that, but You're all there. <laughs> yeah. But like, like just like constantly reminding myself that, I mean, even today when I decided to write about my word for the year, like it only gets posted on Instagram now because I don't have any other form of social media, but I didn't write it to, to post on Instagram. I write it because that's what God was teaching me and I wanted to share it. Um, and it also helps me hold me accountable when I share it. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but on the flip side, it hit me for a second. I'm like, oh, this is not going anywhere but on Instagram, which I have a lot less friends on Instagram because I'm much more curated my Instagram. My Facebook was like a black hole. <laughs> and so, but also that also meant a lot more people saw whatever I had to say. And I'm like, oh, you know, only the people I really care about are going to see this. And that's okay. Like, because I've really curated, curated my, my following on Instagram versus, versus, you know, on other platforms where I just like allowed anybody in and I followed everybody, you know? So, um, which has really helped. Like, I think that's part of it too, since I had curated Instagram so well, like I, I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, um, I'm only seeing what I really want to see. Yeah. Instead of stuff that I don't want to see. Um, anyways, I didn't mean to go off on social media, but it is something from 2020 that I've learned about. So, yeah, it's yeah. um. There's something else about Christmas that I was going to say about Christmas and social media. Oh, I realized too. Um, you know, this was a weird Christmas for us, as I'm sure it was for you. Just like the, like this, yeah. um, the whole like the things that are great about Christmas, like being with your family, not having to do stuff. Like we've been doing that all year. So it felt super weird, right? But um, I was thinking about it because I kind of like all on Christmas day, I remember, you know, because people tell you like, enjoy this time and these years are precious and like all of that stuff. And of course, knowing me, I just like take it all to heart. I'm like, am I enjoying it enough? Like, am I doing this right? Am I excited enough? Am I like, you know, and it's exhausting, but I was thinking about it and I was like, why do we do this to Christmas? Like, why does Christmas become the end all be all of like joy and special tradition? Like, cause yeah. I feel like we do that stuff all year. And then I was like, maybe that's why, cause I mean, I like Christmas. Christmas is great, but like, I don't like get, I, I get, I get weird about it. Cause I feel like it's too much. It's just too much. Everyone's freaking out. There's too much money. It's all too much. And, um, it just made me realize this year when I had been doing those things all year that I so look forward to at Christmas that number one, we're too extra with Christmas. And number two, like our everyday life should be that fun and exciting without any money, but like we should have time with our families. Like we should have like relaxed days where we don't have to go anywhere and we shouldn't wait once a year for that. And then like, 
make everything about that one day a year. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, no. We can't have that now. Like maybe yeah. the only people who can't have that now are like, like the top neurosurgeons in a city or the only people who can do like a certain kind of brain surgery. Like the rest of us, like we can make time in our lives to have that kind of space on the regular. And we don't. And that's our choice. But like, I guess I'm just saying like, we can make that happen. And like, it's been yeah. really cool, especially to see my kids be bored and not have stuff uh-huh. to do and figure yeah. out what to entertain themselves. And Me like, too. Yeah. I mean, like it's been huge for them, you know? And it's like, I'm so glad that I was forced into that because otherwise I think I would have continued. I mean, I don't feel like I overscheduled them, but I feel like I thought I should, like I thought I was supposed to. And it's been really nice to be like, no, like we all just need time to exist and be people and like not have to do things. And so, yeah, it's interesting. You say that Um, Milo, my oldest and I were having a conversation after Christmas and, um, she was saying how the day wasn't as exciting for her as it normally is. And I was like trying to like, cause I felt like we had a really great Christmas and I felt like our whole Advent season was actually, cause we actually got to like do Advent because we had the time, you know? And so we actually got to like, you know, be present and, you know, think about Advent and what it means. So we got to spend more time as a family doing that than we normally do. So I thought we had a great Christmas. And so I was like trying to like feel out. And I, I think there's several reasons about, growing up and getting older that, you know, Christmas loses some of its magic. So I think some of that's working out in her too, being almost 11. But I think, you know, when I really like whittled it down with her, it was, I think that was the, that's the second time I've used whittle in this, in this conversation. <laughs> Just hit me. It's a really weird word. <laughs> um, but when I really got down to it with her, I think, you know, she was like, what I love so much about Christmas is we, you know, we open all of our presents and then we just like lay around all day and like um, play with all of it. And I think it, the reason why I didn't feel special is because that's pretty much every day of our life. You know? <laughs> and so the day didn't have like any meaning to it because, because it's kind of how our day is just looking. There was no balance. There was no like... There was no balance, you know, because I think what's, what's been so different about Christmas in the past is like December is usually a really busy month. If you've got, I mean, anybody, not just kids, like, you know, if you... Of Christmas parties and family and obligations. It takes longer. Like the grocery yeah. store takes longer, post office, like yes. everything's just harder to do. So, so the, it's a hard month for everybody. So you get, we get to, to Christmas day and we just like breathe, I think a collective sigh of relief. And then yeah. the time between Christmas and New Year's is usually just, that's our rest time. I think for most people, most people take that time off. Businesses slow down during that time. And so that's the time where everybody kind of takes a breather. Um, and like, we've been doing that all year. And so this week just feels like Groundhog Day. <laughs> and instead of feeling like something different than the rest of the year. Um, so it was a profound discussion with my 10, almost 11 year old about it. But I think we're all kind of feeling the same thing. So, yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah. And, and I think that, you know, at first I thought, well, it's because of COVID and we get to, didn't get to do all the normal stuff that we get to do. And she was like, it's not because of COVID. I mean, it is indirectly, but like, it's more of just like, you know, every day kind of looks the, looks the same kind of thing. So, which it does. So, <laughs> okay. Well, before the time gets away with it from us, um, what is woven going to look like this year? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Rebecca. So, <laughs> we are going to a once a month show. Yes. Um, we have talked about this a lot. And um, for those of you who don't know, we'll just be really transparent. We, uh, pay out of pocket for our show. Um, 
we have a group of wonderful Patreon supporters. Um, if you're interested in that, the link's always in our show notes, but, um, you know, our cost for our editing has gone up and our patrons have dropped. We've lost a couple people. And so just financially, it's come to a point where we have to do it less because we just can't afford to do more. Um, so if the show means a lot to you and you enjoy it and listen every week, we ask that you would please consider supporting us on Patreon. It's $5 a month. Um, if not, then um, it's just going to be once a month now and um, for the near future. And we'll still do an ep- like a Patreon episode that's like unedited um, monthly as well. So really, if you're a patron, it'll be every two weeks. Um, yeah. But if you are... Um, just listening through like a podcast platform, then it'll be once a month. So we were thinking since we're going to do that, the episodes will be a little longer and they're going to be kind of segmented almost like a, um, like a magazine, if that even makes sense. Like we're going to have like different sections of the show that'll be the same every week. And we're going to go from, you know, lighter stuff to interviews and discussions and things like that. So um, what were some things we talked about? Do we definitely talked about interviews so I kind of thought like a talk show format, you know, where, you know, you, we open up and we'll just, you know, chit chat about life um, for a few minutes like we normally do. And then, you know, maybe we'll get it a little deeper into whatever subject we're going to cover with our interview and then we'll have our interview and then we'll do something lighthearted. Um, we haven't really decided what yet, but like something regular after that, you know, whether it's, um, you know, or maybe not so lighthearted or, you know, maybe a a counselor moment with one of our counselors that's on our um, episode regularly or or on our podcast regularly, or we'll have, you know, we're going to have some kind of segment um, after the interview. That's like something we do regularly as well. So you'll, you'll still be getting all the, the same kind of content. I think that we normally give, it'll just be in a more condensed format once a month. um, And it'll look more like um, segments of a, a talk show versus, Versus, you know, this week we're going to talk about this subject and this week we're going to talk about this subject kind of format. So we're going to play around with that. I I mean, Rebecca, more so than me, has had a lot of really good creative ideas. And um, she's also the one that's dreamed of being a talk show host in her life. So (laughs) So I think... think um, it'll it'll still be really good content, and we're we're still going to work really hard on the content. Um, I don't think any of that'll go away. It'll just not be happening um, as regularly because honestly, like you know, if we do a one hour and a half show a month versus four one hour shows a month, that's a significant difference in cost of having um, it produced. Yeah. Um, it, you know, well, I mean, that's time. I mean, to be transparent, yes. it's also. I mean, something yeah. we've discussed, and I say this not for our benefit, but just for anyone, if you have any friends doing creative ventures, like, you know, we, we don't get a ton of feedback. We don't get yeah. a lot of, it, it kind of feels like we just send it into the abyss. And like, and so it's, it's difficult to make an episode every week to the level and the quality that we feel comfortable with putting out there. So I think this will just be, it's just hard after, I mean, how many, we've been doing this. It'll be two years in February. No, three years in February, three years in February, three years in February. You know, we're just, um, it's a lot of creative output and like, we don't do it for feedback, but at the same time, it's kind of, 
it's just hard. So it, in general, if you have friends who do creative things and you, like if they do, if you have a friend who like writes blogs or books or anything, like tell them you like it. People need to hear that. Um, yeah. I mean, we do too. If you like us, tell us, but like if you never <laughs> on iTunes, please go do that. But um, just, yeah, I mean, it, art, any kind of art, like is vulnerable and difficult to put out into the world. And um, mm-hmm. it just always really helps people be encouraged if you acknowledge it. So um, we're hoping that the once a month will give more people a chance to listen and, you know, maybe, maybe we've oversaturated, maybe we've done too much. So we're just going to pull back a little bit and see what happens. Yep. Yep. And like I talked about at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to be okay with pivoting and making <laughs> modifications. Things do not have to stay the same forever and ever and ever. And that is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it can be very good. Um, you know, so, and, you know, other than like having it come out once a month versus every week, I, I think you're going to be getting the same things from us. So it's not like it's going to be completely different. Um, we're still going to have great interviews and um, interesting topics to converse about. And we're still going to give our hot takes about current culture and all the things. It's just going to, it's just going to be in a once a month format. So, yeah. um, and I'm excited because I feel like um, if we have more time to work on one episode a month, we can make it even better than our currently week- weekly episodes, you know, quality over quantity kind of thing. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Totally agree. Yep. Okay, friends. Yes. And we will see you, um, you know, sometime in January. (laughs) Be looking out. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye.